Now we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Murphy Houston. Okay, we're back with uh, Dr. John Douglas, who's the head of Tri-County Health here in uh, Colorado. Used to work at the CDC, which you're hearing a lot about now. And we're glad to have him back with his weekly update on what's going on in Colorado. John, how you doing? Uh, hanging in there, Murph. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, we're doing all right. And I'm still hunkered down. And God bless technology. All the work I need to do, I can do for my home. So that's, that's pretty good. But I know you're kind of another crunch today, so let's get to what's going on. One of the questions I have... Uh, you know, I watch the national news as little as possible, but I like to kind of keep on top of what's going on. And they throw up these charts about what's happening at the various states. And it looks to me like they're saying on a national level that Colorado is still maybe a bit of a hot spot. Do you agree with that? Um, it's hotter than we'd like it to be. Um, yeah, you, you look at both uh, modeling data, which, you know, we, we've looked at because it tells us the bad news ahead, the hurricanes coming, this kind of thing. Um, and there are some, some concerns, but more more importantly, when we look at are our rates of infections and hospitalizations starting to go down? Because that's kind of our holy grail. Gosh, if we can think, see things start to go down, then that really gives us some confidence that we are, are perhaps safe to begin to do things like, uh, you know, open back up a little bit, which we'd all like to see happen. We're not going down yet. We're not going down yet, either in terms of the number of cases that we're hearing about or the number of hospitalizations. So I, I think, um, I don't know whether we're hot or just quite warm, but we're certainly not uh, where we'd ideally like to be. Well, I, I kind of agree with that. So how do you feel about what the governor's doing, kind of easing back a little bit? I guess he's going to give us some final word on what we're going to do on, what is that, April 27th, which would be Monday, Sunday? Um, yeah, well, the 27th is Monday, and the governor has said has had a couple of uh, uh, press briefings this week when he said, look, we need to begin to uh, uh, come out of our uh, stay-at-home mode, and he's got a new framing, safer at home, and he says that as of Monday the 27th, uh, we ought to be able to gradually come out and begin to resume normal life. Um, but, but gradual being the operative word, and I think he's been pretty clear about that. I think part of the issue is that we hear what we want to hear. Yeah, exactly. And, and if we've been cooped up, it's like, uh-oh, the you know, green flag, start the motors. And, um, I mean, I'm even hearing things like once the first announcement came out, people were wearing less masks and things like that, which is really counterintuitive because when he spoke up and said we can begin to creep out, one of the key components is going to be, you know, we really got to all wear masks because masking isn't perfect, but gosh, it's a pretty good trade-off, and it's probably the best way those of us who don't know we have it uh, can prevent transmitting to other people. Um, that, that's a good point, John, because uh, just yesterday, uh, my wife and I, and we've never gone anywhere, but we just wanted to get out, and we had to run over to Walmart to get a couple of things, and that's a big Walmart not far from my house. And it was fairly busy, but it's a big store. I'll bet half the people were not, not wearing a mask. It, it scared me a little bit. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really a concern because we're unused to it. The message is, even though, I, again, I think he tried hard to say masking is really important. The message is, we're good to go. It's spring. We love Colorado. Let's get, it. <laughs> Let's get out and get going. Um, right now, masking is not enforced by law. You know, we have a seatbelt law. If you happen to get pulled over and you're not wearing your seatbelt right. when you're supposed to, um, or we have red light laws to take a picture of you going through a red light, but we don't have anything like masks, like that for masks. And, 
you know, as a public health official, I don't want to really be the, want to be the mass cop. No, but I, I, I really, I really think that if we want to get back and not have what we fear is going to happen, which is a resurgence of the epidemic, this is an incredibly important, albeit modest, step we can take. You know, one thing I think is important, Murph, to point out is that in no city in the country we believe have more than about 5% of people been infected. Now, in Colorado, we think that may be as low as 3%. L.A. says maybe we're 4 5 or so percent. On the one hand, that means, oh, good, we haven't had many people infected. That's great. And people have also said, gosh, if even 4% of us have been infected and only, you know, 400 of us have died, this must not be as bad as we thought. And both of those are true. The problem is the other 94, 95, 96% of us who haven't had it are just like uh, little uh, cups of gasoline waiting to have a match thrown in. Wow. We're all, <laughs> we're yeah. all still susceptible. And, and the idea that if we begin to kind of go back to life as normal, it's as sure as, sure as rain, we are going to have another surge. And, and whatever we can do, masking being, being a part of it, is really a critical, uh, really a critical step. Well, it is, and it is an adjustment because we as Americans aren't used to seeing people wear masks, and that's inconvenient. Even though people around the world have been doing it for years, but like you just said, Doctor John, we got to pitch in here. We got to make it work, and we're going to get careless, and that makes me nervous. And many of us have been hunkered down for a long time. We've taken it this far, and I and I think you agree that all of us sheltering has helped maybe keep it lower than we thought it was going to be. And you do you agree with that? Yeah, I don't think there's any question that, that, you know, we've taken some pretty extreme measures, but we've had some really beneficial results. We have not seen hospitals get overwhelmed where they have to make a choice between whether you get the ventilator or I get the ventilator, which, you know, that's a that's a, a just an awful scenario. Oh, yeah. Um, we've seen plenty of folks who are older or those who have underlying illnesses die, so I, I don't want to minimize this at all. But we've certainly had the capacity to provide optimal uh, life support for really anybody who needs it at this point. And by the way, it's not, while the majority of the people who get sick and end up uh, going in the ICU or even dying are in fact older people and people with underlying disease, it's really important to point out that it's in everybody's interest, whether whether you really care about those groups or not, because you're young and invincible, so who cares? It's really important to realize that everybody benefits by having hospitals that can take care of us when we get sick. And that's whether we get sick from COVID or, frankly, if we're in a car accident. If the hospitals are full with COVID patients and you get in a wreck, you you know, you're going to get less good care. So hospitals are vital to be treasured and taken care of community resources. And really this issue that all of us, whether we're at low risk, medium risk, or high risk, have got to be in this together is really important. Well, it really I, I guess, is. And, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, John, that it seems like, unfortunately, most of the deaths are people that are older, 80-plus, in nursing homes. And now some of these meatpacking plants are having some horrible issues, and that's kind of scary in itself. Yeah, it is scary. And, you know, one thing I think that we've got to clearly uh, do a better job of is making sure that folks who work in vital or essential, as is the term we're using, uh, work settings, grocery stores, meatpacking plants, pharmacies, you know, all kinds of places, ought to be provided uh, top of the line, best we can get, personal protective equipment. 
And then, frankly, when our businesses do open back up, we've got to be sure that really we're all masking. And frankly, I'd like to see employers across the board provide everybody a mask, whether you're a grocery store clerk or a shoe store salesman or a a flight attendant or whatever, we got to all be wearing masks and let's make this, you know, part of the conditions of employment. That's the responsibility of the employer. I agree with that. Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health worked with the CDC at one time and kind of running the state of Colorado as far as what we're doing here. Did I hear the governor say he might put National Guard people around rest homes? Um, He's been deploying National Guard, at least as far as I know right now, to help out with situations of persons experiencing homelessness. Um, And he he is using National Guard people to help do testing in some of the long-term care facilities. And these are where some of our most vulnerable citizens leave. And not all of them are are older, but they all, they're there for a reason, and they're there because their health isn't optimal. Um, And so we're really trying as hard as we can to do everything to bolster the capacity there keep their workers healthy, keep their uh, their patients healthy. If somebody gets sick, let's put them into an isolation room. Um, so it's a it's a challenging area. I do want to circle back, Murph, though, to sure. mention, you know, the governor's orders, what do I think about it? I will say that I'm in conversation with my colleagues and other local health departments across the metro area, and we're not quite sure that our counties, which, as you begin the conversation today, is at least a very warm, if not hot spot, are quite ready to go back to what he's described as safer at home. So even as we speak, we're having conversations. Gosh, do we need another week or two or two and a half weeks? We badly want to get our businesses open, and we badly want to get things going again. But the last thing we want to do is uh, start the process too quickly, and then in a month we go, oh, gosh, we're going to have to go back to square one. That would be heartbreaking for everybody. Well, and, and it gets harder, I would think, on all these governors, and you guys know what's going on, but when you see, like, the state of Georgia and what is it, Tennessee and South Carolina, they're, like, completely opening the doors. Let's get back at it. But yet here, like you just said, might not be ready. And also, what do you think about the governor kind of slowly opening Eagle County, which was truly a hot spot for a long time? Yeah, that's an interesting one. You know, I've looked at the Eagle County situation pretty closely, um, and, and it, you're absolutely right. They were through the roof, um, although they were through the roof in large part because of a bunch of out-of-country skiers, and they had some ongoing transmission. I will say that they're, they're a, a small, smallish county, 55,000 people. They've got, I think, a single hospital, Vail Medical Center, and the hospital, as far as I can tell, really stepped up and help them provide testing and help them do a number of other things to bring it under control. Um, I know the folks out there, I think they're being incredibly careful. And I'm actually supportive of the idea that if a jurisdiction has got their act together, and I think Eagle's got its act together, and they can figure out how to monitor things so if it turns south, they can make a course correction. We're having that same conversation with Douglas County. They've got some very uh, favorable statistics. The leadership down there has been very thoughtful about what it looks like to try to create conditions of opening and to monitor it closely. So I do think that in circumstances where things are not as very warm or hot as they are in the kind of core metro area, those kind of variations are, are, are quite reasonable. So, you know, it really kind of trickles down, doesn't it? What, what does the president think? What do the governors think? What do the mayors <laughs> think? What do the people, uh, county officials and all the individual counties within a state? It, there's a lot of minds working here. 
Yeah, there is. And trickle down is, you know, it's got advantages. You know, we're, we're, we're independent sorts in America. Right. Um, um, and yet, uh, you know, trickle down, as you've already implied, creates inconsistency. You know, I can, I can't get a haircut here. Let me drive up to Vail and I'll get a haircut. I can't go to a bar here. Let me, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and that, that variation could enhance spread of infection. You know, if everybody flocks to Vail because they're open for business, and they're coming from places that have more infections. I know the Vail people are worried about that. They're trying to yeah. figure out what, what do we do to not have things go bad again. So very complicated, Murph, very complicated. And I guess the last thing I'd really like to emphasize, I don't want to sound like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Doom, but we, we really are in this for a substantial time period. I just wish so much this was like a hurricane that we hunker down, Things get devastated, we build back, and, and life's good. It, it's just not going to be like that. And I think many of our mindsets have never gotten around a situation like this, where this is hopefully not the new forever normal, but there's a certain amount of new normal for at least a year and a half, two years that I think we're looking at. Wow, that's a long time. And now I'm starting to hear more talking quickly before we wrap up here, John. A lot of doctors are saying, okay, it might slow down in summer, but they're worried about it really roaring its ugly head in fall. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I am worried about that in a couple of things. We don't know exactly what the best guidance for schools is going to be, but they're obviously shaking it a bit. Parents are shaking it a bit. Um, and if schools start back up, there is some potential. We don't yet know exactly what that potential is for there to be more community spread. And then, oh, by the way, as the head of the CDC said about three or four days ago, with the fall comes the flu. Yes. And that's a totally separate virus. Whatever immunity we have to coronavirus won't help us with the flu. Every year the flu kills in excess of you know, twenty to 60,000 people in the country. So now you got this double whammy. Right. And if there was ever a season for us to say, let's get those masks out and really take it seriously, and, gee, I never thought I wanted to get a flu vaccine, this is the year to get it. Well, so we, we, we could be looking at uh, tougher times in the fall for sure. Well, Dr. John Douglas, let's leave those strong words you just gave us a w bit of a warning. Let's just let that end our conversation. Dr. John Douglas, Tri-County Health, uh, appreciate you coming on, John, all the time. You're so informative, and I know you're a busy man, so we'll let you go, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great, Murph. Take care of yourself. Yeah. All right, thanks a lot, Dr. John Douglas. Thanks for going on Mile High Magazine. Thank you guys for listening. Please stay safe. Stay healthy. Wear a mask. We'll talk to you next week.